I think moms would be great interrogators. They know when we're telling them fibs. No, but through discussion, talk about the good stuff. Talk about that's right, that's good, that's better, that's godly. Talk about the gospel. Talk about the cross. Talk about all that. They're all good teaching moments. You see, average families, most families, they don't do this. And that's why they're average. They're not great. They're not better. So we encourage. I can have a better family, better family relationships when we encourage growth. And I start with me and move to we. Number three, when we protect each other. There are just some things families have got to hunker down and protect each other for. You don't throw them to the wolves, in other words. Look what Jesus says here in Matthew 5. He, God, makes His sun rise on people whether they're good or evil. He lets rain fall on them whether they're just or unjust. He's saying no matter who you are, no matter what you do, you're going to have some storms in life. There's going to be times of sunshine and times of storm. Sometimes it's your son. Sometimes it's a daughter. Sometimes it's a dad. And sometimes it's mom. Sometimes it's grandpa or grandma. And when those happen, family needs to rally together. When Norma passed away, we were in Florida. Denise gets the call. Okay, all right. What's going on? Mom just passed away. Are you kidding me? And we drop everything we're doing and we drive like crazy. I'm surprised we didn't get a ticket or, or two and, and got it to bone gap as soon as we could. Why? Because some things are so devastating. Parents, we've got to be around when our kids fail. We've got to be around kids when your parents mess up. I think about my mom on Mother's Day now. There was a time when my mother did some things that disappointed me and I didn't want to talk to her. And so she moves away. She marries another man, fourth marriage. Ah, and I'm not going to talk to her. And that goes on for about a year. If I talk to her, it's very seldom on the phone. Then I'm listening to Charles Stanley talk about how to love your mother in that baritone southern style. I'm in Bone Gap at Norma's, celebrating Mother's Day at Bone Gap, and I'm listening to this guy and going, oh my goodness. And I get my phone out and I text my mother, Mom, I just realized some things. I'm very sorry. I've really been a bonehead, and I want to say Happy Mother's Day to you. My mother later would tell me she was sitting at church, and her phone buzzes. She looks down, she reads it, and she just starts blubbering. We talk now all the time. We talk every week, at least once a week, at least once a week. I send my mother pictures, videos, all kinds of things constantly. Is it the same as it used to be? Not quite, but I'll tell you what, it's much better, because here's the kicker. This is what made me realize how much of a bonehead I was being. I thought to myself, how many times did I disappoint my mom and she didn't even flinch and loved me? Didn't even flinch and spoke to me. She's a better woman than I am a man. No, our, our families need each other. We need to protect each other. We need the support of our family. Proverbs seventeen seventeen. Friends love through all kinds of weather and families stick together in all kinds of trouble. God gives me friendships and family for the storms of life. Let me give you three storms that your family needs you to need you when they happen. One is change. When things change, we get a diagnosis. Someone dies unexpectedly. Someone's going through a divorce. Someone gets fired. Someone's just getting old. Changes occur. And we need each other during those changes. Number two, harmful ideas. We need to rally and protect each other when there's 
all kinds of things that are bombarding the brains of our children and ourselves. We need to speak up. We need to say something. When there's 18,000 hours of TV, by the time a child is 16, 17, I mean, it's crazy. It's crazy how many hours of TV and all the stuff and all the culture we need to rally around and sometimes protect our kids and our spouse. Get in between them and the world and say, enough. Enough. It's a storm. They need us then. Not to go run and hide, but to get out and fight. I think Nehemiah says that, doesn't he, somewhere? He says we need to fight for our moms, our dads, our children. He says that to fight for them. And sometimes the world comes at us so much with all kinds of things we need to get up and fight. Not be so understanding and be cowards, but speak of the unspeakable. The third thing is rejection. And I think this is probably one of the most painful things anybody of us endure. I can think of people who've rejected me or things that have happened. I feel rejection and it, it hurts. And, you know, friendships fall apart. Uh, teenagers experience a breakup or maybe a job loss. And there's this family that gets together and says, I'm going to support you. I'm, I may not say a lot, but I'm going to stand behind you and in front of you. And I'm going to protect you. It was just a few years ago. I'd made a major stupid, stupid choice. And I thought, what did I do? And I had to take a break. And my family was furious. My family was furious. Oh, what, what's going on here? Well, let's just leave. Let's just all this kind of talk. What a bunch of nonsense. I'm going, no, what I did was wrong. What I did was unwise. And so I said, what I need is, I need your support. I don't need you to fight somebody. I need you to support me. Be honest with me. Well, everybody got calm then. And I'm just saying, guys, when you fail, when you feel rejection, when you have friendships that have lasted 30-some years, or you had some falling out with somebody, your family, you need your family. You need their protection. I don't know what I'd have done without my wife standing beside me all those times. I, I don't know about you. I don't know if you know this or not, but I can be embarrassing to live with. It could be pretty embarrassing. And she just stands right in there. I'm like, boy, <laughs> I don't know how she does it. Maybe she likes to work with the mentally ill, and so she marries me. I don't know what it is. <laughs> but she's been a rock at my side. Now we stand together. Families do that. Now I say all that to lead to this last point. Because you yeah, play, sure. Encourage growth, got it. Oh, protect each other. Of course. Of course. Well, let me give you the fourth one. We become a better family when we serve God and serve others. Oh, and let me read a quote from Wyatt Earp. Gene Hackman plays Wyatt Earp's dad, and he says these words from Wyatt Earp. Nothing counts so much as blood. The rest are just strangers. Is that pretty good, Gene Hackman? Yeah. That's what he says. He goes, nothing counts more than blood. The rest are just strangers. It's a famous quote. And everybody's like, oh, right. That's, that's true. And I'll hear people say things like, I'm a family man or I'm a family woman or my family's first or I'm going to take care of my family. And, and I'm going to tell you, it sounds so noble, doesn't it? My family comes first. It's easy to care about just us. It's easy to care about us four and no more. But listen to me, church. This is important. Average families do that. 
That's what an average family does. Average families tend to rely or tend to only care on just their family, on just themselves. Philippians 2.4, look at the Bible, says, Do not be interested only in your own life, but be interested in the lives of others. And see, I want to say this, and I hope you'll catch it. Focusing on just my family can just be a cover for another way of me life. Just think about it. Let it soak in. Focusing just on my family can be just a cover-up of another form of me life. What makes you say that, Tim? Well, I'm reading about a family in the book of Acts. It's in the family of Cornelius in Acts 10. I've given you a couple of verses there about him. This is an exceptional family. This is an amazing family. What I like about this guy, and what I'm amazed with is, is that his family was bigger than his DNA. And that God rewards him for being such a person, for having such a family. Let's read this in Acts 10. At Caesarea there was a man named Cornelius. He was an officer in the Italian group of the Roman army. Cornelius was a religious man. He and all the other people who lived in his house worshipped the true God. Let me read that again. He and all the other people who lived in his house worshipped the true God. He gave much of his money to the poor and prayed to God often. Look at verse 22. Some men, they go to see Peter. He's, uh, Peter's supposed to come and talk to Cornelius and share the gospel with him. And when they meet Peter, it's, they say that these servants that uh, Cornelius has sent say this, We have come from Cornelius the centurion. He is a righteous and God-fearing man who is respected by all the Jewish people. A holy angel told him to ask you to come to his house so that he could hear what you have to say. Now look, let's look up here on the screen. Let me give you a few others. This is verses 24 through 25. Cornelius was expecting them. In other words, Peter shows up. He was expecting them. Look what it says. And he called together his relatives and close friends. As Peter entered the house, Cornelius met him and fell at his feet in reverence. What kind of man is this? He brings his friends and relatives to his house. He wants more than just his immediate family to be blessed by God. He's thinking of others. And when, he, when, when Peter shows up, what's he do? He bows. And now Peter says, get up, stand up. I'm just a man like you. You don't worship me like that. But that's how humble he is. How open he is. And look here at verse 30 and 31. He explains to Peter this. Three days ago I was in my house praying at this hour. At three in the afternoon, suddenly a man in shining clothes stood before me. And look what he says about Cornelius here. God has heard your prayer and remembered your gifts to the poor. All I could think about was this. What a testimony. What a testimony of this man's life to this man and his family. Because you have angels, servants, his community, his extended family, his friends are all saying he's this way. He's the kind of man who serves God and serves others. Can anybody say that about you? Who would say that about you and your family? Because that's the reputation that Cornelius has. It's not, listen, it's not 
just his DNA family. It is He's looking at something much larger. Let me say this to you. If you want your family relationships to be better, you want your family to be better, think larger. Live larger. Think of the kingdom of God and think of the world. Because you're here by God's blessing on purpose. And He wants to use your family to reach others. See, kids need to see generosity and hospitality. He opens His home to all these people. He opens His home to Peter. What is the family learning? What are the friends learning when they come over to Cornelius' house? They're learning that it's not about them, that life is not about them. Cornelius is teaching them there's more to a me life. There's more to just living yourself in your house with your little kids, two, three kids, and just going to work. It's bigger than that. God wants you in on it. And our kids and and each other, we need to learn. We get way too much right now. Our culture, we're getting way too much. Kids have got stuff. I I was playing. I'm not trying to sound like an old man like in my day, but man, I used to play with blocks of wood and thought I was having a ball. And now we got illuminated talking, everything. It's got to work. It's almost like another person. Get them a dog, okay? What's the deal? We Our kids got all this stuff, and what are they doing? They're playing with it, and they're saying, it's mine, it's mine, it's mine, that's mine, he's got mine, He's that's mine. And out in Cornelius' house, you know what the kids are doing? They're going, I'm playing with it, but it belongs to everybody. I'm blessed to bless others. I'll share, and I'll be hospitable like my mom and dad have taught me. What a great legacy to leave your kids. What a great attitude to have as a young man or young woman. See, average families don't do things like this. They don't open up their homes all the time to other people for the gospel to help people learn and know Christ. They're not very generous. The kids see some generosity, oh, maybe a goodwill thing or two, things you don't want. Let's take them down there. No, Cornelius was sacrificial. This guy was way over the top, and God noticed it. It was exceptional, and because of that, he had, I believe, an exceptional family. So today on Mother's Day, as we think about families, I want to call you to a me-to-we decision. What's that? I want to ask you this morning on Mother's Day that you commit your family to God. Because He wants to move them. Just like He moved Adam from me to we with Eve, He wants to move you and your spouse or your your kids, even your ex from a me to a we life. He wants to move you that way and He's wanting to use family to do it. And the bedrock thing you can do this morning is I'm going to make a commitment to God. I'm committing my family to God. Listen to Joshua. Everybody's all over the road. They're not sure what they want to do. And he says, well, maybe you don't want to serve the Lord. You must choose for yourselves today. You must decide whom you will serve. You may serve the gods your people worshipped when they lived on the other side of the Euphrates River, or you may serve the gods of the Amorites who live in this land. But as for me, there's the me, and my family, we will serve the Lord. Starts, in other words, this commitment from to, to, to have a better family life starts with me to get to we. Making a personal commitment to God. 
God, you got all of me. I'm making a total, com- I'm making a commitment to you and I'm committing my family to you. I say that to every son in this room and every daughter. It's not just your parents' job. You make a commitment. Your family is going to be devoted to God. Well, my mom and dad aren't even Christians. You start saying, our family is going to be devoted to God and I'm going to model and I'm going to, with, with the limitations I have, I'm going to encourage Christ in our home. For you mom and dad, it's, it's saying, I'm going to make some choices here. I'm going to draw a line in the sand and I'm going to start really getting serious about developing a teaching spirit in my family, a generous spirit in our family. I'm going to model it for my kids, for my spouse, and I'm going to make sure that we serve the Lord. For every aunt and uncle, well, I'm not there all the time. When you're around those nieces and nephews, you dedicate yourself to the Lord. Dedicate that family. You say, well, that's not my family. It's your family. You're related to them. And an uncle and an aunt have tremendous impact on families. If you're a grandma and a grandpa, you're still influencing your sons and daughters and your grandchildren. Use that time you have. What time you have left. I notice this. Joshua says these words. He says these words later in life, by the way. He says these words later in life. Do you realize that? In other words, it's never too late to dedicate yourself and your family to God. With the time you have left, dedicate it, devote it to God. That's what I want to impress upon you today on Mother's Day. There's a card in your bulletin, and you can respond to this lesson if you like. And uh, we're going to sing a song while you fill this card out after I pray. And then we'll sing another song, pick up those cards in our regular contribution, and then we'll be through here this Sunday. May God bless you to have better family relationships. May God help you move a little further away from me and a little closer to we. Let's pray. Father, thank You for this morning, Lord. Thank You for Your Word. And Father, thank You for families, Lord. I mean, um, thank You for moms. Thank You for moms. Thank You for kids. And Lord, I mean, it's kind of like a family day when you think about it. Father, would You help us be more aware of the we life that You have for us? Help us move from a selfish, self-centered life move further away from that, closer to a more connected, relational life with others, with our family, with your family. Lord, help us help us make time to play with each other, to learn from each other, to, to grow from each other, Father, to protect each other. Father, somebody needs our protection. Help us protect them. Thank you for the people around that do protect us. Most of all, Father, help us move from this idea that it sounds so noble that our family, our DNA family, is what our main purpose in life. Father, it's it's all of mankind you want us to see. You want us to see your family. Help us incorporate that into our ideas, our thoughts, our goals, our plans, our vernacular, our focus. Help us see the world bigger than just us. And Lord, um, bless every mother here today. Bless us that are grieving from a loss of a mom. Help us celebrate her today. Pray in Christ's name. Amen.